You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. How it reflects on how I write my music now. I write a lot, like a lot of love songs. Like we basically write pop death metal record. Like our writing style is very, you know, first chorus, first chorus, but it's still like a metal record, you know? Very like pop music oriented, mixed with the extreme side that, you know, I got from my father. So, hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys have been having a great week. Uh, I hope you were with us last night at, at this month's live interview, Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang. I had an absolute blast. And it was a true honor to be back with Brittany Slays of Unleash the Archers. She is an absolute gem of a human, and I always have a blast whenever we hang out. And uh, she was a perfect, perfect guest for a live interview at Thirsty Thursdays. I love Thirsty Thursday virtual hangs, and uh, if you have not come to one yet, you absolutely should, because it is a group of amazing humans, and I am super stoked and honored to have them in my life. Before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to encourage you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice, but more than that, I'm asking you to rate it and write a review, because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal podcast you should also sign up to the vox and hops metal podcast mailing list you could do that on my website voxandhops.com that's v-o-x-a-n-d-h-o-p-s.com and when you do that you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the vox and hops metal podcast including all the details for any episodes which i've dropped throughout that past week if I have been a guest on someone else's podcast, you will also get the links to any upcoming live interview Thirsty Thursday virtual hangs, as well as the links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify and is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. Do yourself a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcasts mailing list. Trust me, this is a party that you do not want to miss. Now, on today's episode, I'm with a vocalist of a band that I adore. An absolutely hilarious human. He's got a podcast of his own. This is Vox and Hops episode number 248 with Josh Richter of Bather. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Josh Richter of the band Bather. He also hosts the Riffing Ain't Easy podcast. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Very, very good. It's nice to be with you. Uh, Excellent story about uh, how I discovered Bather. I have to give a shout out to the Vox and Hops metal architect, Jerry Monk himself. He is an amazing human from Texas who sends me just countless excellent suggestions of bands on a daily basis just about and in november i received you know phantom guilt and i listened to it and i was immediately hooked from the the intro of that first riff the just hooked hooked loved it and then i was just always disappointed and was over so i started it again and i started again and i reached out because i wanted to have a chat with you so uh how are you doing good man i appreciate the love that you you guys have been throwing to bather man that's it's it's wild because like whenever you messaged us like like we love cryptopsy but we're a big cryptopsy band like that's our shit man and 
so it was wild like you said like no way dude like for real like you know the kind of thing so it's 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 wild and uh we appreciate it you and jerry both man have been just very very cool to us man so that's that's rad dude we appreciate you for sure man let's dance into uh a classic opening question that i've been doing for a while now uh tell me about how you coped with the glorious year of 2020 2020 was wild (laughs) it was so awful dude it was dog shit man it was bad um luckily uh so i got like laid off from like my just day like my day job so i had a bunch of time so i just started a bunch of projects and stuff you know what i mean so i started riffing ain't easy um uh and like like dabbled in it a little bit in late 2019 and 2020 but i didn't really dive super hard into it until the covid started stuff started happening i could we couldn't play shows you know as a band we were just like you know what are we going to do so we we were putting out content as far as like video goes. And luckily we had the record that we were, that we recorded before, before it happened. You know what I mean? So that actually was a kind of like a step up for us. Cause we were like, all right, sick. So we can release this record and use this time off to really push like stuff on the internet, you know, like photos and video really get that stuff down tight. So we did like a lot of planning, but we, since no one was playing shows and we weren't playing shows and you know, we, we kind of just like, well, what are we going to do on the off time of that too? You know what I mean? So like I did, I started like other projects and stuff and, but dude, it has been wild because it's just, you, time just goes and you forget and you just, days just start blending in together. You start looking at yourself. You're like, hell, I'm getting fatter and shit now. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, like what's going on? You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's been, it's been rough, but thank God that my band um were super safe about the covid stuff like i get tested we get tested regularly just so that we can do that's amazing band stuff yeah dude like we have to because we're gonna go crazy if not you know what i mean (laughs) so uh i mean hell we even just uh this past sunday we started the very very early stages of writing our full length excellent that makes me very happy to hear yeah so we were just like we might as well take advantage of our downtime and get that ready you know what i mean but dude yeah, as far as like coping with it is to staying busy. You know what I mean? Staying busy with projects. Um, the band is, you know, everybody in the band is, has like a part, I guess. You know what I mean? As far as social media or any type of artistic, like uh, our, Trey, our bass player, is a graphic designer. So he does a lot of our graphic design work, almost all of it. And um, like for our video stuff, I do video production stuff. So I'm able to like do our all of our video work even our music video was shot and edited by us hmm, that's amazing so every yes yeah, so everything in-house. is in-house and it's yeah man it's like years of being uh i guess like kicked around playing in local <laughs> scenes and stuff you kind of have to do your own work you know what i mean but uh yeah we've been staying busy man just yeah idle hands you know so mm-hmm. best to keep them busy and absolutely uh, man doing it all yourself is absolutely you you can't blame anyone <laughs> except for yourselves if it doesn't work right dude yeah and it's 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 the game anymore anyway you know i'm sure you remember back in the day like what you could do as a local band was go staple flyers that was the deal staple flyers staple flyers but then you know myspace came and it was the that whole era and then it's now it's like well we have access to do so much more we could do video we could do our own photos we could do most bands not even most bands but like a lot of bands do their own recording you know what i mean so it's like it's like damn dude like kind of take it into your own hands so no one's really at fault if you're not doing anything it's because you're not you're not doing anything you know (laughs) it's true and and i hate to say because i have bands that are friends with man that are just like man 
COVID really killed us. And it's like, no, you killed you. You know what I mean? It's like, and it sucks, man. Cause I've seen a lot of good bands just kind of disappear over 2020, just especially local bands that were just promising, just killing it, dude. And they just kind of just gave up and it's just, it's sad, you know? Yeah. If you're not going to hustle, you're not going to get anywhere. If you're not going to put the yeah, work dude, in, you have no to gonna notice and right, you're not right. going to stay in shape. So, so I, I hope at least the right. practicing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. another thing. Right. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely a big, yeah. And as vocalists, like, oh yeah, you if know, you don't use it, you lose it's it. A little, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird because like, I remember, I remember burning through a month and a half long tour, just killing it a long time ago. And then we got off tour and took, you know, a break. And it was just like a short break before we practiced and we started practicing again. And I just, it's almost like I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like three weeks, four weeks later, I'm just like, what am I supposed to do again? Yep. You know what I mean? And it's, it's wild. Yep. Yeah. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it is an instrument. And it's, despite what some people might not think, man, it, it's a, it is, it is definitely an instrument and a muscle. You got to work out. You have to. So I definitely agree with you. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Now you're not drinking a craft beer. What are you drinking there? And uh, open up about all that, please. Okay. So, we have a local coffee shop here in town in Chillicothe, which if you drink coffee, I'm going to send you some. It's, it's really, it's really good. It's a, uh, it's a uh, place called roast coffee. And it's funny because like they, like people know I have a real good sense of humor and I post on Instagram, like, cause it's a Christian based coffee shop. And so <laughs> it's I posted like, Hey, I'm doing a, doing a, a podcast with one of my favorite, like my favorite, de- the vocals, my favorite death metal band, but I'm going to drink Christian coffee while I'm doing it kind of thing. But, uh, I, you know, it's I a sh- Brazilian blend. Ahead, I I'm should sorry. drink my satanic tea that I have. Right. <laughs> yin and yang. We're twins. We're twins, bud. Pitch black north tea from Calgary, right. Calgary Alberta. They're super cool. I got some here. I really do. That's so sick, dude. That's so good. Keep going. I'm sorry. And I'm not a... Oh, you're fine. And I'm not like a coffee snob. So usually, man, honestly, I drink just straight dog shit coffee. <laughs> like whatever I get. And like this is like... I got this. Like I'm going to get something a little special because this is a cool event. This is cool. I really like, you know want to do something different so i went and got went and got this and i'm drinking it and i'm just in my head i'm thinking like it's just coffee right <laughs> and i drink it and i'm just like god damn it dude it's good like i'm not gonna lie it's so good and i realize now it's like well i should probably switch over because that other stuff's kind of good coffee's good coffee dude and you don't really realize the same with like beer like with craft beer you don't realize until you drink these these craft beers and you're just like like holy shit like there is stuff outside of yes. I go home from work because work sucked and I'm drinking a Miller Lite. You know what I mean? It's like you forget that stuff. But yeah, roast roast coffee, bub. It's good stuff here in Chillicothe, Ohio. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, now, now, why do you not partake no longer with alcohol? Oh, I, I do. I'm just taking a little break for a second because your boy got a little COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like got a little wild and COVID and just <laughs> drank a ton. <laughs> and I'm, got to the point where I was drinking on my podcast and just saying real dumb shit. So it's like, I gotta, I gotta rear back a little bit. But yeah, I was just, I, I just got to the point where I was just like drinking a lot and I realized that like, man, I'm doing it cause I'm bored. And I was like, I need to take a little break, a little take, you know, a little break. So I'm going to try to take a little bit of a break, see how long can, I told, told everybody I was going to do a year, but I also overshoot literally everything in my life. So I'm going to see if I can do it. But I definitely, uh, I definitely am a fan of beer. I'm a beer guy. I, I like beer. Like, 
that's that's definitely my uh, drug of choice is uh, old booze, man. On my side, <laughs> I'm drinking something special because I, I I love Bather so much that that I had to to bring in a little. Uh, Valentine's Day themed beer. This is called Love Dust, and this is a three-way collab between uh, Echo Session Ales, Microbrasserie Broadway, and my friend uh, at the BAOS podcast, uh, the great Craig Thorne. I love him to death. Uh, this is a very special beer. This is the second year that they've made it. This is a Session New England IPA. It is very light, clocks in at 3.9%, and... Uh, it's special. It's basically last year I called it the the Ramstein of craft beers, because uh, as you're about to see, there's quite the show when you pour it out, but it's still a good beer because you know there it was getting a lot of hype because of all the show that's about to come, but uh, the beer is good. So let's see if this year's holds up. I'm sure it does because their brewer J.F. Lejeunci of Echo is a wizard. I love him. I love what he comes up with uh, all these uh, sessionable beers. He only makes sessional beers and they still feel like real beers. So so let me crack this and pour this out. There's a technique to doing this. I'm going to have to put my mic down, but uh, it's going to be worth it. So as you can see, they, they print the can upside down. So you got to flip it. You got to flip it at this point. And then you got to give the can a little swirl. There are red glitter in this beer so it spirals around and it swirls and it's 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 super cool the color is gorgeous it's a uh, delicious uh, cheers amazing it makes me want to want one real bad <laughs> no no don't do it you can do it <laughs> it's still got that uh, same hop build from last year which was the sabro galaxy vic secret and calypso hops it's got a little bit of lactose in it to give it some body it's delicious. A mild coconut bite there from the, the Sabro. Very cool. Everyone check out Love Dust. It should be the beer you drink on Valentine's Day with your lovers. <laughs> um, you used to work at a brewery you were mentioning. I did, yeah. That's actually, that beer itself fits the theme really well since every bather song is legitimately a love song. So that's <laughs> perfect, dude. That's perfect. It really is, too. So that's very, very good choice, man. Uh, yeah, I worked at a brewery. It was in Jackson, Ohio. I want to say it's a little bit west of where I live, about 45 minutes from uh, from my town. And I worked there for a little bit, and they were just starting up. It's called Sixth Sense Brewery. And uh, that was the first time I ever really got into tasting like craft beer. Uh, I've never... I never really got into it because I just didn't, I didn't know about it. You know, it's one of those things where almost you kind of got get introduced to it, I feel like, because you don't know. You don't know it exists, really. And so I, I met the people that were opening it because they were going to hire me for photography work. And I ended up working, just working with them through different projects like their screen printing company. And then I worked a little bit at the brewery. And that's when I f first got the taste of that stuff. And I'm like, this is like totally different. Cause I'm, you know, I'm at the time I was like 26, 27 years old. And I'm like, I'm used to just drinking rolling rock and smoking two and a half packs of cigarettes. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was what I did. You know what I mean? So I started drinking this beer and that's this, and I was like, man, so this is the kind of beer, this is the kind of stuff you drink because you want to taste it, not just to slam it. You know that's what I correct. mean? And it's, and it was wild because I started to develop like a palate to where I realized there's certain things that I like and certain things that I don't. And before I never really had that because you don't really get that with just regular domestic beer. It's just, that's just what you drink. You it's know, cold. there's certain things that it's I refreshing. Right, exactly. And it gets exactly. It's cold. Exactly, dude. And I, like, I agree with that statement a hundred percent because that's, that's what it does, you know? And then you start to, you know, find these, the finer things, I guess, you know what I mean? And it's like, wow, like some of this stuff tastes 
different with like different things you eat even, you know? And I mean, I, you know, it's classic of white wine drinkers. They know, they know that like to the point, you know, and you start trying these different types of, uh, uh, like beers and it's like, wow, like, so this does taste better with this and following this and like, don't mix these two because you're going to, this one's not going to taste as good as the, it should be by itself or stuff like that. And I really lean towards the, uh, the citrusy lighter beers. Like I love citrusy beers and like sour beers and stuff like that. And it's, 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 that's, that's probably my go-to. I'm not real big on like the heavier beers, like the darker beers. That's a, that's a little bit too much for me. But uh, as far as like the, uh, like the lighter beers go, like that kind of like lean towards like the citrusy, like summer type of type of beer for sure. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hops heads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Excellent. Let's dance into the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents' or guardian's house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Oh, man. So... That's a really cool question. I like that question. So I grew up uh, being in Southern Ohio. It's very, I was born in 86. So I grew up through like the nineties, so like the early nineties, the neo, um, the, the neo traditional country music era. So you have like your Dwight Yoakam's and your Brooks and Dunn's and stuff like that. So I grew up with a lot of that neo traditional country stuff, man. So like that really kind of helped me develop as far as writing goes, like lyrical content and phrasing and stuff like, and then I grew up, you know, my, that was on my mom's side. So I grew up with a lot of, um, country for my mom and then like i have the metal for my dad so my dad was the guy that we get home from work on saturday and we watch headbangers ball oh, that's like so the original cool. headbangers ball yeah like i remember like one of my favorite stories i tell people is like i remember when pantera um debuted the i'm broken video in like 94 and i want to say it was on headbangers ball and i was like what is this you know what i mean this, what is this shit because i've heard pantera before from like the cowboys from hell and the vulgar records but I haven't seen Phil do Phil shit. You know what I mean? And I, I, I like, I loved the walk video classic and everything, but whenever I'm broken came out and far beyond driven, I was like, dude, like I want that. I want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, kid, you know, 94, I was only a kid. So I definitely grew up with like the Panteras and like the Megadeths and Metallicas, the standard, you know, you're growing up metal bands. I did a, like, I liked a lot of ACDC and like stuff like that, which I genuinely still love. Um, hair metal, big hair metal guy. I fucking love hair metal, dude. <laughs> I love hair metal, man. And in like that country stuff, my mom liked a lot of pop music too. So I think that kind of really rounded like my writing style because then whenever I became a teenager, I found bands that were my bands. 
so like Deftones and stuff like that. And it's like, and it was funny because like how the Deftones wrote their records, especially in like that mid era, is kind of like how it reflects on how I write my music now. I write a lot, like a lot of love songs. Like we're basically write pop death metal records. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like our writing style is very, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, but it's still like a metal record, you know? That's true. So that's very yeah, interesting. And like, yeah, man, very, very like pop music oriented mixed with the extreme side that, you know, I got from my father. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's kind of weird, but it's, it's makes sense when you hear our stuff, you know? I love it. I love it. Uh, how about that first show that you went to go see? Very first show I went to. So outside of locals, right? So I, I would always hang around. There was this, like this little punk house that I went to a couple shows with when I was a teenager before I could drive. My friend's uh, mom would drop us off at this punk house. And it was called the uh, Black Hawk. And it was, just, it was just basically just a house that just, there was a bunch of teenagers just getting smashed and stuff. And I didn't drink at the time. I didn't, I didn't drink or do anything. I didn't party. I was kind of like a square, you know? And I was like, this is scary. Like, this is crazy shit. You know what I mean? This is a hard, local hardcore bands and stuff. But the very first show that I went to that wasn't like a local show was, I seen Deftones. Um, it was Deftones with like Godsmack and Puddle of Mud and CKY. Random. Very random, Bill. Very random, yeah. Actually, I didn't even know CKY was on that show until my friend Shep had posted a flyer last week from that show, from 2000. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, I seen CKY and just didn't know who they were, you know what I mean? And uh, But it was, uh, it was Deftones on there, they were doing the White Pony circuit. I think Godsmack was doing like their Awake circuit, which they were actually kind of good. I'm going to be honest with you, they were good. <laughs> and I was a kid. He's a good drummer. Yeah. yeah. Sully. Sully. Sully's a great drummer. I'll give him, yeah, I'll give him that. He got on there and was fucking, yeah. yeah, dude, he was doing the whole drum thing and, and it was actually cool. You know, it was sick. But then like what really hooked me was Deftones though. Like I was a Deftones fan. I remember seeing, you know, the board music video on MTV's Buzzworthy back in like 97, you know, so like these are bands that like I worshiped music, dude. Like I was so weirdly obsessed with music that I got to the point where I got emotionally attached to these things. And it just developed my whole entire life as a child. Like whenever I got um, the first cassette tape I ever got, like that was mine, was the uh, soundtrack to Last Action Hero because Alice in Chains' uh, What the Hell of I was on and Megadeth Angry Again, you know? And it's like, I was a kid, I man. I was, it was 1993, I was six, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love so it. like I was just fucking just so obsessed with this shit, man. And then I finally was able to do it as a teenager. Like I'm gonna go and my cousin, her boyfriend took me. I still have my ticket stub to this day. I used to keep my wall and it got a little faded, but I took it out because it's bumming me out. It's starting to fade. But I seen Deftones and I'm just like, that's what I want, man. Like that was my evolution from being pissed off, you know, Pantera Metallica kid to being like, now I'm a sappy, emotional teenager. Why don't she love me anymore? You know what I mean? So that's where it, it just all makes sense to me, man. But that was, that was the first one. And I was just, I was it, man. I was in. It's amazing. I, I was fucking in. I saw them on that tour as well. Really? But they, there was different bands from that cycle. We got uh, Incubus and Tap Glass and Taproot. Oh, dude. Yeah. See, I would have loved to see that because I was a fucking new metal teenager. Me too. Yep. Yeah. Heavily. Yeah. <laughs> Word like, yeah. Chimera shirts and shit. I hate everyone on the back and everyone's making fun of me at high school. Crip <laughs> was already alive and ripping it and I did not yep. care at that time. <laughs> didn't give a shit, dude. Did, didn't give one shit. Man. Yeah. I had to grow into it and I'm glad I did. <laughs> I'm glad you did too. I actually got kind of a, not to sidetrack, but I got kind of a cool story about, about like your, cause you're the first record was Unspoken King, right? That was with you, right? So back whenever that record first came out, it was like 2007, 2008-ish. That's exactly right. My old band 
um, back in the day, whenever you're starting out, you kind of like you do the pay for play. You don't know. You don't know selling tickets is a scam. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're not even from Cleveland. So we played in Cleveland. You guys, I think you guys were on the Summer Slaughter tour, yes, right? Yes, we were. Yeah. My first so, US tour. It was, uh, fuck. Talk about a tour, yeah, right? I was terrified. <laughs> terrified? <laughs> yeah. That's wild, man. Because how old are you? Because you're like, you're close I'm to my 37. age, I 37, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 34, so we're, we're decently close in age. And I remember that record came out because I remember that old guy got out of the band and you came in and it, like they changed their sound, dude. That record was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like, and I loved those records before, but that record is what really was like, holy shit, man, you know? So John, the guitar player of Bather, was in my old band back in the day. So him and my brother, who was also in Bather at one point in time, we we got we sold tickets to get on the Cleveland show. We lived three and a half hours away wow. south. So we're fucking selling these tickets. My, my fucking parents are buying tickets just to, to get us on the show. That's and so shit. Cool. And I was just like, dude, like I just all I want to do is at least play on the same stage as like Cryptopsy and like Necrophages and shit like that, or at least at least be able to see see you guys because I think Beneath the Massacre was on it and some like other. It was a cool. That might have been the year. No, after. no, the, the lineup that I was a part of. Whitechapel opened the show, mm-hmm. which is just insane if you think about it. The, this lineup was was it was insane with the when all the bands went somewhere. There was Whitechapel that opened it, and then it was Psychroptic. Yep. yep. And then yep. after that, I believe it was Born of Osiris. And then after that, it was either the Faceless or Despised Icon. Vader. Dude, yeah. Vader. Yeah. Cryptopsy. And uh, Cataclysm. Cataclysm. And Black yeah. Dahlia Murder. Yeah, dude. Yes. That's nuts, man. And I remember I was like, I just I just want to play on the same stage as you guys, and they're like, "Well, you guys are playing upstairs in this thing called the Rockstar Lounge." Oh. I'm sure. Do you remember Peabody's? I don't. Know I, remember, I remember Peabody's. that exact show. We were all parked yeah. in the, the alleyway. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, that fucking sucks," but I I get to see you know this new birthing of fucking the rebirth of goddamn Cryptopsy. You know what I'm saying? And goddamn it, dude, of fucking course because I got that Richter luck. We played the exact same goddamn time upstairs <laughs> that you guys did. They didn't get to see shit. And I remember looking over the fucking, there's like a little balcony kind of area or like a window. And I remember looking at you guys and you guys were already started playing. I'm just like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> three and a half hours. There was like three people there. My dad was standing there with like a case of water and shit. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> dude, so bummed. If man. it makes you so feel bummed. any better, we sucked. And <laughs> that's wild though, man. It, it was, and that kind of goes back to like being really stoked that you asked to, uh, you know, asked me if I'd like to be on because like I, that specifically, like I was so excited to tell that story. Like I remember I called my, my parents, I went and seen them earlier this week and I was like, dude, I got to bring up this story because I remember that specifically because of like, that was like the first time I got to play a show where it was like, I wanted to see you guys with you being the, 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 the new guy, you know what I mean? Oh, well, just got fucking I, I, hopefully we get to do more shows together and you actually Absolutely. get to see <laughs> I would love that. I would love that, man. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned earlier that you guys keep a lot of stuff in house, which makes a lot of sense why you guys are releasing this record independently. Was that a conscious decision because you know that you can do it? Did you try to get it out there? Um, so we shopped it out and we, uh, from past experiences, we had learned that we have, we have an issue with when we were younger where we'd shop it out a record and someone would say something back to us and we'd hang on to it way too long. 
And then they got to the point where it ran its course. And by the time we did anything with it, it was just like, damn, we, we missed that window of being able to release something. And, and I think that we knew going in, like, this is going, this is going to be a cool record. It's, it's different for us. Uh, we don't know what, if people are going to like it. Um, the first EP was, it was cool. And we got like a lot of good feedback, but we knew this one was different and we weren't really afraid of what people were going to think, but we were also kind of like, I don't, we don't know, you know, if, if people are going to accept it as, as much as they liked the last record. So we shopped it out a little bit, but we didn't want to wait too long on it because it was only four songs. So we were like, let's just go ahead and release it and, and see how it does af- after it's been released. And we released it and got way like crazy feedback considering we did, we didn't know if anybody was even going to like it, let alone the, the positive feedback that we got from it. So it was a, definitely a conscious decision to self-release it, but we did shop it a little bit and kind of, we talked to some people, but nothing, nothing, nothing's worked out or anything. And we were like, well, if, the sooner we release this, the sooner we can get to start writing the full length. Cause we knew we, we were wanting to do a full length. We haven't written a full length. The, I don't think anybody in the band, especially like me and John, the other guitar player have written a full length since like 2009, 2008. Yeah, man. So like, we were like, we, we, we can't just keep putting out EPs. And even if we have to self-release a full length, like we wanted to really get in there and do that full length. So we put that EP out and we're just like hoping that people, people dig it. So, but yeah, we definitely shopped it, but we didn't, we didn't want to sit on it too long. I dug it. I liked it very much. You know, what's very cool about that EP is the cover art. Yeah. And, uh, tell me the story about that. I did some research from digging through your Instagram and the artist that shot that is from Montreal. Really? Is he, he really? Is, and that blew my mind. I didn't know. No, I didn't know he was from Montreal. Yeah. So I reached out to him and I said that this is an amazing shot. And uh, he didn't know about Cryptopsy. So he's not obviously an avid <laughs> metal, yeah, metal yeah, consumer, yeah. but but uh, small world. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is his name? Sean, I believe is his name. I believe you're correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sean, he, um, my, our drummer, uh, the drummer Mike from, for Bather, he found him and we were, we were kicking around the idea of what, like, we wanted to do as far as the cover goes. And I shot a couple photos um, pre-recording of the record. Um, as you know, like when you go into the studio, things change. So the the vibe and the atmosphere completely can change to what you thought it was going to be before you even go in there. Even if you have the songs down completely, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do. And that's like a lot of that syndrome comes from where people are like, well, the demo syndrome or whatever, where people were sending demos like that don't sound good. And it's like, well, that's just because you were used to hearing a demo. <laughs> so we were, I was, dude, I was shooting all these photos and had these covers laid out. And it, it was very, I hate God. Um, Cause in the mindset we were going is we wanted to make it more of a sludgier, like a sexy sludgy record. And so I, I had the mindset, I've been listening to a lot of uh, I Hate God, a lot of uh, Weed Eater, Typo, uh, all those type of bands. I was really going through that. And I was like, well, I want to do something because I know this is, these are going to be love songs. And I know these are going to be very uh, intimate songs. And I was like, well, I kind of want to do something that's very kind of to that that feel, very unsettling, but also sexual. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's some weird phase. I shot these photos uh, with some friends that helped me out. And they just, they didn't work after we got the record. Like after we recorded the record, we sat on the, the artwork and we're just like, this is not, it's not meshing. And Mike was like, dude, there's this guy I follow on Instagram. He does this really, really cool, like just wild photos. And we, for, over the past like six months prior to that, we were just sitting him like, this is insane. Like he does a really, he's a photographer, but he does like a lot of really crazy graphic design work with it. So there's a really cool blend of these things. And mine were just raw photos because I shoot like a lot of films. So mine were just raw and he's like, we kind of need to do something that's going to fit it better. 
And he's like, what do you think about this? And send it to the group. And we're like, dude, that's it. Cause it makes sense with the, the, the woman that's dressed in like the red and everything. And it, it kind of just made sense. And we shot it or we, we, uh, we bought it from the guy and we told him like, Hey, this is gonna be like a cover for the record. And then we put it on there and we listened to the record while like, you know, looking at it and we're just like, this makes sense, man. Like this is where it's supposed to be. It does. And it's, it's crazy. Cause we didn't, that wasn't the idea at all, man. <laughs> like it wasn't at all. And thank God we found it because I feel like one, Sean is an absolutely incredible artist. I could never do what he, what he did like that. He, he really, and he set the tone as far as like a color way that we were wanting to run with as far as like the reds and like the, you know what I mean? And it's like a very like, how can I explain it? It just, it just makes sense with the music and the lyrical content and the mood. And it would just kind of happen by just, do you think this would work? And then we, it did. And it worked really, really well, man. And it, and as a, as an artist, I'm like, mine's better, but not really. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he fucking nailed it, dude. He, thank God we didn't go with what I shot because looking back now, it just doesn't make sense, man, at all. Sean, Sean is the best. And I mean, I see us working with him in the future for sure. Um, he's incredible. And, and, and he just keeps putting out just credible stuff. Always, always, man, just all this stuff. And it's really like, unsettling there's a lot of very dark vibes coming from those those art pieces and it's it's wild dude but yeah we decided that after after listening to the record back when we got it we're like yeah that makes sense man that's the one that's the, that's the fucking one that's what we want it fits perfectly and you know who knows i might not have clicked on that link that jerry monk sent right. me if i wasn't so right, intrigued dude. by that artwork absolutely and that and that's i think about that every day man i i really do like it's almost like uh, uh, like in the scene of um, Pulp Fiction where the, he doesn't get shot by the bullets so he just thinks about <laughs> what if I did you know what I mean so like I think about that a lot like man what if we did pick a different record cover like would that not have resonated with people would that not have caught people's eye because Mike's like we have to have bright colors we have to and that was his vision man and he found the guy and it's funny because we were like sending stuff back forth to each other from his instagram because we were wanting at one point in time i think maybe hire like hire to get some artwork done as far as like design work but man when that when he found that link and it just made sense man those callers pop and it, it we've gotten a lot of uh really cool feedback and and it's it's very humbling because it's like man like because I was, I was kind of nervous for a second. We didn't know what we were going to want to do. And, and it was perfect, though. And good, good for you as an artist to be able to step back. Absolutely, and, man. And you have to sometimes, you know. For the good of the band. Right, dude. And that's not to go on a tangent with that, but I feel like a lot of vocalists of bands they, that are not very, like, humble, a lot of times they don't they don't want to be that way. And that's bizarre because it's like, this is a team, man. This is a, this is a group effort. You have to, you have to do it. You know, I, I admit whenever, like, so, like when we were in the studio, some of the lyrics, some of the, the vocal parts on the record, they were supposed to be a lot more clean vocals, a lot hmm. more. Yeah. And the guys were just like, it's not really working this part. This part's not working with that. You know, we had a part that was in one in the song that in, uh, I want to say it's Phantom Guilt and Phantom Guilt. We have a part that's kind of like a torch, uh, floor ish type of part and i had a big long fucking just deep deep clean vocal and it just it wasn't clicking and it takes to you know when we did the demos it did but then when we go to the go record it just wasn't working because everything was very uh metallic sounding you know what i mean it was it was a fucking metal part 
And at, at first it was very like kind of stonery, but then after we recorded it, it was very, you know, had the really the more intensity that it wasn't really matching up. And the guys in plus Andy Nelson from Brick Top was just like, Hey man, th- he's the best. I can go on forever by Andy, but he was just like, Look, man, he's like, It's it's that part's not working. Once you try doing your uh your your regular dirty vocals. And it just and it made sense. And I had to step back because I was so excited about that part, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready. You got the I've been listening to a lot of torch. You got the right? demos. Right. <laughs> I don't even listen to my record now. It's like this is better, man. The EP is better. <laughs> Let's talk about podcasting, riffing ain't easy. Yeah, let's talk about why you started a podcast. Uh, what was the whole the whole point of the podcast? Give everyone basically a pitch of what it is. Uh, okay, so riffing ain't easy, man. It's just uh, I uh, I've spent my entire life being so obsessed with the music that I wanted to do something that was different, you know. And I like really I like a lot of comedy based stuff, like stand up comedy and just just comedy based things in general, uh, skits and, and shows and everything. Grew up obsessed with just comedy based stuff you know watching snl when i was a kid watching mad tv when i was a kid because that was the pissed off version of snl you know it's kind of the rebel you know but i grew up with all this stuff and my parents have a really good sense of humor so i luckily kind of got that from them and i've always wanted to do i've always wanted to do something that was comedy based and whenever i first started doing riffing ain't easy i was just telling stories of my childhood because i i grew up from you know Chillicothe, Ohio. No one knows. The only thing we're known for is there was like six prostitutes that went missing a couple of years ago. That's about it. You know what I mean? So like, there's this really stupid, like dark, trashy shit that goes on in our tail. And I was like, I just want to tell some stories and just talk about you know growing up as just you know, middle class kid, lower middle class kid in the small town and stuff. And I was like, but I wanted to call it riffing ain't easy, just in the sense of like when you riff with your friends, just talking shit. You know what I mean? And I was like, kind of really is a really good play on words because anybody that knows me knows that I've been so involved with music that it kind of like feeds off each other. But I was like, but I don't want to do a music podcast because I just don't know if I have it in me to do that because I do so much more of that outside of that. It's like the only thing I've ever done. So I just went solo and just, it started out as just audio and then it kind of like picked up some steam. It's, 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 I mean, it's picking up a little bit of steam. It's not like crazy numbers or anything, but I'm been getting a lot of good feedback and I just, I just kind of go in there and just talk, man. It's just, just just talk shit basically <laughs> and i tell stories and and just uh just talk about things that are like going on and just make jokes and stuff and you realize you don't sound a certain way and then people start pointing out that you sound weird compared to everybody else <laughs> i guess like I, did, that I don't know about so i get that a lot yeah but it's just it's just a fun it's just a funny podcast where i just i just talk and just hang out and talk man i love it dude do you come in with uh pre-planned subjects or do you just seriously just riff I literally just riff, man. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's why sometimes I'm just, I'll go off on the, the whole, like this podcast is probably about four hours long already because I'll just start talking. And I just keep going and going and going and going. It's just, it's kind, it's kind hearted stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's, everything is so dark and so serious right now. And it's, which I get it. I mean, you know, I understand why it's rough. It's been really rough for everybody. And I got a lot of really rough personal things going on in my life. And so it's like a nice outlet where it's just like, I'm going to throw this out there and see if people dig it and, and have fun with it. Cause all I want to do is just have fun with it, man. I just, I just want, I want people to laugh and have fun and just listen to these stupid stories about how like my band got lice on tour and shit. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's just like really dumb shit. You don't sleep at people's houses even though you have to. Right, right, dude. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And always have someone sleep in the van, no matter what. Always. I, that's me, because I'm, I'm like paranoid. So I'm just sleeping in the van with my boots on and shit. Yeah. <laughs> just in case, you never know. Just you never know. Never know. 
Uh, let's wrap this up with a classic wrap-up question. It doesn't happen to you right now, but it happened to you probably when you were overindulging. Uh, what is your hangover cure? Oh, man. Okay, so for the longest time, my hangover cure was always Mountain Dew. It's way trashy and it doesn't fix anything. Mountain <laughs> Dew in this the trashiest food possible. I just eat like 18 Slim Jibs and shit like that. <laughs> and I, then I started like realizing the older I got, I realized that it's actually just my body not recovering. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh. so my hangover cure now is I've been seeing people do the Pedialyte situation. I have not tried that, but that sounds really, really good. But the Gatorade and then you eat pizza as fast as you can and then you go to sleep and you don't wake up for like a day and a half. You just go to sleep. Don't talk to anybody. <laughs> don't get on your phone. Don't read your text messages. Nothing. No, that's the Pop worst. Pop a couple of antidepressants and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at your phone because you might have read your... Don't. You'll, don't, you'll, you'll read your text that you don't remember writing from the right. night before, right? <laughs> I trade myself to where I delete everything before I go to sleep real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then go to sleep. I mess with this shit tomorrow. <laughs> Josh, thank you so, so much for taking the time talking to me about your life, music, and about craft beer and Christian coffee. I love it. Everyone, please check out Bather. I, I can't support them enough. I'm super excited about this new album in the works. I'm super stoked. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate you, buddy. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What an excellent human Josh was. I love, love Bather. I love that record. Uh, his podcast, Riffing Ain't Easy, is hilarious. I have put the link to that podcast in the description of this podcast. You should check it out. He's a funny, funny dude with a lot to say, and I love that. Thank you, Josh, for taking the time to have a chat with me. I can't wait till we can hang out in person and enjoy life and metal some more, my friend. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops Metal Podcast episode, you should absolutely follow it on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, you should take the time to rate it and write a review, because when you do that, more metalheads just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You should also sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that is happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I hope that you have a glorious weekend. I am sincerely looking forward to hanging out with my family, going outside, taking in some of this warm spring weather, which has finally graced Montreal, and I am really looking forward to that. I wish that all of you get to do exactly the same. Sit back, relax, try to rest. It's important to recharge ourselves so that we can come back even stronger. I will be back next week with three episodes, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. 
So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>